Welcome to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, and this is our weekly preview show. The 1 0 Rams set to take their first road trip, and it will take them to Indianapolis this Sunday. Let's bring in my radio broadcast partner, Maurice Jones Drew, who is wheeling and dealing on this Thursday morning, trying to get Matthew Stafford on his fantasy team. MJD, what excuse do you have? for not drafting Stafford to begin with. Uh, the people in front of me know a little bit too much about football. I thought I was playing with some idiots, but obviously they've, they've put their, you know, their cap <laughs> on and they, they, they've listened. Unbelievable. I tell people wow. way too much. So I'm trying to get them. Stafford looked amazing. The Rams looked amazing. I got to make sure I get a piece of that offense. All right, missed out on three passing touchdowns in his opening week. How about DeMarco Farr? You set to uh, hit the road for the first time this season? Yeah, geeked about it. Can't wait to uh, get on the plane, get off the plane, let's see the game, and uh, let's get on with game number two. I thought game number one went about as well as you can you know, draw it up, so let's hope it carries over to next week. And as for the uh, third member of today's panel, uh, Stafford's debut was the most heralded since Jordan Rodriguez arrived in Los Angeles to cover the Rams for the Athletic. Uh, glad to have her making her debut appearance on Between the Horns. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I don't need coffee all week after watching that one. Just kidding. I really need coffee all week. But that was really that was uh, really really fun to watch. That was a, that was certainly exciting and, and great to hear too with all the fans in the stands as well. Well, apart aside from the Rams, I'd love to start by getting your biggest week one overreactions from around the NFL. Again, it doesn't have to be Rams related. Jordan, you want to lead off? Yeah, I, I think I sent you this in all caps in an email. It's like NFC West is going to be the first division to colonize Mars. That's my uh, that's my overreaction. But I think I believe this division can do just about anything at this point. You know, you see cure all all of humanity's problems. I think the NFC West is off to a good start in that regard. <laughs> yeah, four and all the five quarterbacks played very well in their opener. MJD, you got an overreaction for me? Yeah, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, wow. Jalen Hurts looked awesome. Defense was going around. Um, I, I, I think the Eagles looked really good. Now, they have a tougher test this week against the San Francisco 49ers, but man, what a start for what they had to do this week. Yeah, I think Chandler Jones is going to smash that uh, single-season sack record. He's going to go for 80-plus this year after having five in, in week one. DeMarco, your turn. Oh, man. Um, that Tennessee is as bad as we saw week one. <laughs> uh, or uh, or vice versa, conversely, that the Arizona is uh, as good as we saw week one. I, I guess the other one is if you look at what happened on that crazy Monday night game. Baltimore comes in with virtually no running backs. Uh, they're down their best corner and they take the Raiders to overtime and lose the game. So I guess the Raiders are going to make the playoffs and Baltimore is going to miss the playoffs based on one week. Hmm. All right. So DeMarco, back to you. We'll use that uh, starting point as our backdrop to try and not overreact to the Rams opening win over the Chicago Bears. But in terms of Stafford's debut, could not have drawn it up much better. Has it changed your outlook on the 2021 campaign for L.A.? Uh, a little bit. I was excited going in offensively with the receiving core, with Matthew Stafford, with the offensive line. I was excited. I'm a little more excited than I was uh, seeing it live, seeing Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay with these weapons. Uh, we had talked all year long about or all offseason about 
what would this offense look, look like once it turned vertical? Well, you just saw it. Van Jefferson gets by the defense. Cooper Cup gets deep. Uh, Matthew Stafford uh, was masterful. I thought the offensive line was terrific, guys. I really do. I hope you can keep these five guys together uh, for, for 14, 15, 16 weeks. I thought they were great. Uh, when Justin Fields cut it to a, a six-point game, uh, Chicago tried everything they could to get to Matthew, Matthew Stafford. They couldn't. They didn't touch the guy, and he drove him right down the field and got the back-breaking touchdown. So it was better than I thought. I'm more excited than I was. Uh, as long as this group continues to, to gel, I think Matthew Stafford and this often has a chance to get better than what we just saw. Jordan, going back to the end of 2020, I know that your through line has been Sean McVay's desire to get more explosive through his offense with two 50-plus yard touchdown passes in his debut. Do we consider that box checked? I mean, you got to sustain now. Now you know I'm picky, JB. But uh, but I think th- this was fun because it was, you know, they're not going to come out and say, we made a statement. We were wanting to make a statement with these particular plays, the way they were designed, the looks they came against. I, I hope it wasn't lost on fans that these explosive passing plays came against the Bears, those, you know, running the same defense that had sometimes flummoxed the, the Rams in years past. So these types of things to me were a statement. They, they were the quarterback on display. And I think something really important about these passing plays is that it was Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, where maybe defenses were expecting it would only be Deshaun Jackson, maybe a little Tutu Atwell sprinkled in here and there, maybe some Jacob Harris down the road. Um, but you're running it with guys, you're running it with any receiver on your roster. And I think that's really important because once you have to account for every single receiver on some of those high concepts, um, you're going to have to account for every single receiver on the field in a variety of ways. And that means help can't come where you needed to come sometimes on defense. So that, that to me, it, uh, not only was a statement, from the Rams and from Sean McVay, from Matthew Stafford, but also I think from his receivers as well. And DeMarco, I absolutely agree with you on that offensive line. I think a bit of a statement from them as well. Hmm. Jordan gets bonus points for dropping flummoxed before 10 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> She's got the word of the day secure. Uh, NJD, when you take out kind of the end of half knees that Stafford took going into the halftime locker room and then to ice it in victory formation. The Rams ended up running fewer than 50 plays, less than 25 minutes of possession. Normally that's a recipe for disaster, but they were so efficient that it worked to their advantage in a uh, wire to wire victory. And it seems like Sean McVay takes a lot of inventory, a lot of um, his preferred plays into week two, having not put them on display yet for the Colts. Uh, JB, you're exactly right. Efficient. Now, that was the word. It was a very efficient offense. Guys were able to move. You're getting into second and short, second and medium, third and short. You were converting on third downs. And you were running repeat plays, which was awesome. I actually got a chance when we all have to go up there on Monday or whenever to get our COVID test. Um, I ran into to Deshaun Jackson. He was like, man, I looked. I was like, yo, y'all don't have to put me out there right now. We got other guys running past guys. Let, let's save these old legs for when we actually need them, which is it kind of goes back to what Jordan was saying is that you have to account for everyone. So when Sean McVay now can dial a place for anyone to get open, Matthew Stafford can read the defense, go through his progression, have time to go through his progression and find guys, it becomes a problem. And the play we're watching, this is action fake. That was designed for Van Jefferson. Last year, we didn't see any of that design, anything designed for Van Jefferson until we got to Tampa Bay back in like late November, early December. And so you're starting to see this offense kind of blossom a little bit more. 
right? And we talk about the vertical passing game. That's just only going to open up the screen, the bubble screen that Cooper Cup got to get the first down. That's only going to open up the running game for Daryl Henderson. That's only going to open up the tight end screens for Tyler Higby and the other stuff across the middle. When everyone can go vertical, all of a sudden the defense is kind of put in a bind. Yeah, I think about Tyler Hibby's biggest reception of the night, and Deshaun Jackson may not have had an explosive reception, but he certainly runs the safety off to that side, and his corner is sitting over the top of him, and it creates this nice throwing window for Higby uh, to convert a first down. So let's use that as a transition to which Ram besides Matthew Stafford made the biggest week one impression on you. Maurice, we'll let you uh, start it off this round. Listen, it has to be Jalen Ramsey. And there, there, there's nothing more than to see a corner set an edge in the running game pl- and blitz playing nickel, line up at the linebacker position, play corner and, and, bl- and lock up uh, Allen Robinson in certain situations. He did everything that you're looking for. I mean, he was all over the field. Uh, it really seemed like Raheem Morris was very comfortable moving him around a little bit. Uh, I love the, the, the formation where, you know, they try to throw a quick screen and he blows through the, the, the receiver and just like kind of did Golden Tate against the Giants, right? He is just setting the tempo. And, and it's funny because the defensive line really, they were, they were getting there, but Dalton was getting the ball out quick. But when they decided to run or do any type of action towards Jalen Ramsey, he was there making a statement with every tackle. And so to me, he's the guy that kind of impressed me. Yes, we knew he was great but he was on a completely different level week one. DeMarco, MJD took uh, Ramsey off the board for you, unfortunately, but how many all-pro corners do you know who can take on a pulling guard? None. Absolutely none. I I just, uh, what you saw was so special and it was unbelievable. Uh, Every tackle he made was violent. Um, You saw receivers and ball carriers given the old Dan Marino. Remember that when Dan Marino was running and he gave his hand like, I'm giving myself up, guys, please don't hit me. Those are ball carriers doing that to Jalen Ramsey in the middle of a game. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Um, The thing that stood out to me most in that game, and I had to go back and watch when you're watching from the sideline, the 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 depth that the offensive line was getting in the run game into the second level was unbelievable. Then when you watch it from the all 22, uh, they were almost letter perfect getting a hat on a hat. Um, Daryl Henderson had what? 70 yards rushing total for the game. I think he got 49 on one drive, one drive in the third quarter to break their back. I mean, they absolutely broke the will of the Chicago bears uh, up front. Um, It was, it was a clinic to watch the O-line. It was fun to watch, and it was also – I felt bad for the Bears. Look at that video. That was the touchdown. All these guys are walking off with their head down. They absolutely took their heart and soul with that one drive. So, uh, like I said, um, if I could send a message to Les Need and everyone else in the Brain Trust, keep that group together as long as you can. I think there's something really special brewing along that offensive line. All right, so Maurice took Jalen Ramsey. DeMarco goes with the Rams offensive line. Jordan, where else can you take us in terms of Rams, position group, or individual that made the biggest week one impression? Yeah, I like both of those picks, and I would say I would even go so far, and you know this may be just the writer in me, I would go so far to say as as many problems as Matthew Stafford solves for you on the offensive side, Jalen Ramsey solves just as many of those problems on the back end playing in that star position. That is fun to watch. Oh, my goodness gracious, that was fun. Um, fun to watch the offensive line too, DeMarco. I'm not, not leaving your pick out in this regard. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to go a little bit under the radar here, uh, with two guys. Sorry in advance. I know we're picking one, but I, I got two because they're a little more under the radar. 
Um, Robert Woods, not necessarily the touchdown catch, although that was stellar. That was a, a really, really nice bit of footwork and a, a nice bit of battling he did over through and across the back of the end zone. Um, but the way that he was selling the low concepts on those touchdown passes completely pulled the safety away from being where he needed to be in help. Matthew Stafford helps with that as well with his eyes, but Robert Woods selling the underneath, selling the low concept, really pushing to try to shift that coverage toward him and, and focus on him just a second too long, a half second too long. Um, that really helps those guys get so wide open to the point where they become a meme on the internet, right? Like that is, that is just impressive. And then I really liked what Kenny Young did as well. I think Kenny Young has really, really blossomed. The Rams prefer to play five, one fronts. They love those light boxes, but you can't, you couldn't always play with just one backer last year. You maybe had to throw two in there and scheme around it a little bit. They love that they can play with one inside linebacker. And Kenny Young is that guy this year. I was really, really impressed with the way he played. I've been so impressed with his development. Um, and, and I appreciate seeing that. I think that's a lot of Raheem Morris in there influencing that. Jordan, I love you. Talk about the Bruin. So I just sure. 19. Um, if Jordan gets to take two, uh, I will be glad, I guess, that Justin, Justin Hollins has not yet been claimed. Uh, he seems to be next in line to benefit from the, uh, the Aaron Donald effect with a, a strip sack and another one that Donald uh, handed right to him by missing uh, his first opportunity of uh, 2021. So a lot of good things, especially on the defensive side of the football. Oh, right, that's my favorite play, JB, right there. Uh, poor Peters. He had no idea. Do I block the guy that's that I'm supposed to block, or do I help on Aaron? <laughs> what do I? I'll just back straight up and give up a sack. I love it. Yeah, talk about a rock and a hard place. Let's talk some uh, some running game, Maurice. And coming out of Week One, do you have more questions about the Rams' running game, their ability to move the chains efficiently? You know, prior to maybe the fourth quarter of that Week One opener against the Bears. Or more questions about the Rams' ability to stop the run and to fit some of their gaps against David Montgomery and the Bears? Um, I, to be honest, I have zero question about either. I, I thought early in the game you, you let up a big run just because if you don't do live run fits, it's hard to fit the run, right? If you're not in preseason, guys aren't fitting where they're supposed to go. If you're not doing those things live, if you're not doing live periods in practice, it's hard to fit the run. What I loved about what the Rams did, there's two ways to run the ball. Some teams like to run to set up the pass. Others like to pass to set up the run. When the Bears knew that the Rams were in a four-minute offense, they were running the ball, and, J.B., we talked about this in our broadcast, those shotgun runs came out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. And they just literally just ran the ball down the field four, five, six, eight, ten yards uh, a clip. And so, to me, I think when the Rams want to run the ball, they can right, offensively, and that's when they want to. They necessarily don't have to run the ball. They just want to do it a little bit to open up some of their passing game. And then on the defensive side, the questions were answered late in the game when David Montgomery started. You know, late in the game, we always talk about how running backs get stronger. Well, it was the other way around. That defense started to tighten down a little bit, and they forced Andy Dalton to throw the ball. Now, when Justin Fields came in on that that kind of fly-sweep motion thing, that was a little wonky. You're not going to see that every week when they're going to, you know, shift another quarterback in unless you're playing the Niners. And that'll be a time where you have to game plan for that. But other than that, they locked it down in that second half. And that's what you're looking for. So not no, no real concerns on either part, to be honest. 
Defar, I'm encouraged by how bullish you were after watching the Rams offensive line because they didn't really get a chance to sink their teeth into that Bears defensive front and fire off the ball and establish their running game. No, uh, they did, but it was just for a short period of time. It was in the second half and the game was over. They they took it out to a two-score lead and that was pretty much it. But when they needed to have it, and to Maurice's point about Justin Fields getting in the end zone, that dude is going to be a problem. He was in the end zone on his third step. So that was amazing. But when he did score, it gave the Bears life. And the Rams went to work offensively and just moved the ball down the field and took whatever momentum they had away. So that was that was great. Now, defensively, okay, this should not be a shock that the Bears ran the football. We have been talking about this since day one of training camp, possibly even when Michael Brockers left the team. We said this was going to be an issue. So I'll try to be as Sean McVay about this as I can. I thought Aaron Donald played his butt off in the middle. I thought Sebastian Joseph Day was a wrap-up away from a, a, a two tackles for loss. And that's about all I'll mention. But everything else needs to get better. And I did see something that I've never seen before. I've seen Aaron Donald get held before, but at least he drags the guy with him as he's holding. This was the first time I've seen Aaron get grabbed, and he couldn't get away. That's how that first big run popped. So maybe the guy he was playing against was a little stronger than I thought. But that run game defense needs to improve Big time. So be happy with the victory. I'm happy Aaron Donald ended the game with a sack. Uh, it was a frustrating day for him. But, yeah, I mean, you're watching that film on Monday saying we need to improve big time on run defense. Especially because you're going to Indianapolis next. They've got two talented backs and one of the better offensive lines in the league, even though they didn't show it in their opener against Seattle. So, Jordan, let's spin it forward to week two as we preview the Rams and the Colts. Give me a matchup you like the most from the Rams perspective and one that maybe concerns you a little bit for L.A., one that might favor the Colts. Uh, well, you know, I, I am curious to see what these running backs can do against uh, against this defensive front. But uh, I might like politely and pleasantly disagree a bit on the concern about the run defense, um, just because these the Rams their coverage is dictates their front, so they they're gonna contain and put a roof over the back, and they're gonna play in lighter boxes and invite the run. I think if you take away that explosive run, that's the problem. That was huge problem um, and needs to be cleaned up. But I I kind of don't maybe uh, not them too much for for a mistake like that so early in the game um the rest of the game uh david montgomery was what 3.7 yards per carry that's the sweet spot where the rams really want to be um and andy dalton in turn was not able to complete a pass of over 14 yards down the field so that's exactly what they want they want to give you just a little bit those paper cuts that we always talk about a little bit at a time and just sort of um sort of break your will and break your ego in that way um so but the colts now i think the colts have a really solid run game so i'm interested in, and curious to see what that matchup looks like to see if maybe some of the maybe the the concerning qualities about what happened sunday uh show up in in greater force or maybe the things that we aren't as concerned about show up in greater force and i don't know if he's going to be healthy or not but on the ram side i am very selfish. And I just want to see Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald battle each other. Like, I know, I know I'm selfish, but, and I don't know if he's going to be healthy, but uh, I really want to see that matchup. Yeah. Nelson seldom misses a start though. He may miss a practice or two this week in anticipation in anticipation of the Rams MJD, a matchup that you like for LA and one that you might prefer for Indianapolis. Well, um, for me, I, I think, I think it's going to be, and you kind of put it in the notes a little bit, but it's going to be this offensive line and the pass protection versus this Colts, right? This Colts pass rush and and, and if they blitz. Um, 
they got gashed last week in the passing game. And a lot of it was because Russell Wilson had time. Now the Seahawks offensive line is a little bit bigger, more sturdy than uh, the Rams. So it's going to be important to see how they hold up against the Forrest Buckner, who's given the Rams a, a, a ton of fits in the past. Right. But then also Darius Leonard on the blitz there. Um, uh, Daryl uh, Henderson did a great job of picking up the blitz against the Bears. Can you do it again against an all-pro caliber guy that has long arms, can swim move, and has different moves to rush the passer? Uh, and, and so that's going to be kind of for me with the Rams is can they protect? Uh, can that protection, that pass protection hold up for Matthew Stafford to find guys down the field? For defense, um, it's, it's the trenches again. Can you have – can Leonard Floyd show up, get a sack, can Holland show up, get a sack? We know Aaron Donald's going to do the thing. They got to affect this guy that we're talking, that we're about to see. He's back. He's happy. He's confident. He's comfortable. Uh, I'm going to watch the game after this, kind of really get more of a breakdown. But remember, let's let's remember when this group was together, JB, and Carson Wentz came to uh, with Philly and came to LA. It was it wasn't a good game for the Rams. So can they find a way to bounce back and, and get after this guy here? And we'll see. Yeah, both uh, tackles seem to be questionable before we get the final injury report for Indianapolis going into week two. DeMarco, your turn. Uh, you know, Murray's just took a few. I mean, Floyd versus their their left tackle, who kind of got bounced around a little bit uh, versus Seattle. Carson Wentz, I was impressed with because he was under duress because the offensive line was, you know, kind of leaky up front versus Seattle. So Holland's on the right side. Let's see if you can do that again. You get your first multi-sack game. Let's see if you can follow that up with another one. Uh, same with Floyd on the other side. Uh, you're going to have to win that matchup going uh, out to that side. And Aaron Donald, like you said, uh, we need him to be special. Uh, flip it to the other side. Like Maurice said, I agree 100%. And it's Buckner versus everybody or everybody versus Buckner. Wherever he lines up, that's going to be an issue. He was always the second best uh, defensive tackle or big threat in the NFC West. Aaron first, then him. So same situation when he get when he lines up in an obvious passing down on the outside shoulder of the guard, uh, hold your pants really because th- this could be an instant sack just like Aaron Donald or he could wreck the play. So wherever he lines up, Corbett or Edwards on the other side, this man is problems. You must stalemate him. If not, you know, forget the offense; it's not going to move. All right, a couple of defensive tackles wearing 99, potentially influencing the outcome in Week 2 between the Colts and the Rams. Jordan, let's finish kind of where we started with some NFC West flavor. Uh, the division goes 4-0, and three road wins for the teams not named the Rams. Which one had the most impressive victory in the opener? You know what? I might say the Cardinals uh, if I can't pick the Rams. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I might say the Cardinals because I think people were kind of not sure what they were going to be still. I think everyone kind of expects sort of sustained performance from the 49ers. I think everybody expected Seattle to look good offensively uh, with this sort of Shane Waldron, Sean McVay, Shanahan system thing happening up there now. Um, I think the Cardinals because there were a lot of question marks about some of the personnel moves that they made. There were question marks about Kyler Murray um, and I think they, they impressed in, in that sort of fashion. And I think you're kind of just, I really liked the DeMarco phrase, hold your pants. You're kind of just <laughs> holding your pants down the stretch here in the <laughs> NFC West is what I think I'll call it. Yeah. I mean, there was a school of thought where it might've been easier to pick the Cardinals to finish fourth than it would be to decide on who was going to win the 2021 NFC West. Maurice, could San Francisco at Detroit uh, make a case or Seattle at Indianapolis? 
Well, I'll say this. The reason I'm a little skeptical on the Cardinals is they always start fast, but they don't have a true running game. And so that running game needs to come into play in November and December, and that's where they normally tail off after like week six or seven. So, yes, I I, I didn't expect them to blow out the Titans, but I expect them to play well because they always play well early in the year. For me, it is the Niners. Um, Raheem Moser goes out, what, fourth play of the game, fifth play of the game, and then you have Eli Mitchell come in, and then you just start rolling. Right. And to see Trey Lance, the way they use Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, to see Trey Lance throw the first touchdown pass, that's going to be a problem down the thing. And and I get it. Detroit's not the best. And you saw a little leakage from their defense. Obviously, they're missing some guys on the back end. Brett, they have a lot of injuries. There's their injuries starting to pile up early for the Niners, but they have depth. And and to me, for them to go up there, battle through those injuries and still find a way to get, be victorious, it was a good victory for them. DeMarco, final thought. Any easier to power rank the division on this Thursday than it would have been a week ago? I'm scared all the way around, man. <laughs> I really am. Uh, this division is tough. Um, uh, my, my first best dream team pairing was, was Sue and Donald. I think my second might be J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Um, that was fun to watch. Uh, the thing you hit me with on the way into the studio, J.B., um, Russell Wilson running this sort of offense – and it looks pretty good. And it's only week one. That's scary if that gets rolling. And San Francisco is healthy. They're back. And plus, they've got a little bit of a quarterback quandary. But the backup can also do what Justin Fields just did and throw a defense off. So there's really no rest in this division. I love it and I hate it all at the same time. I sure look forward to the day where we don't need technology to have these conversations. But a great way to go into week two, nonetheless. We thank our audience for tuning in to this week's Between the Horns. Presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. As always, if you'd like to join us inside SoFi Stadium this season to experience the Rams house, just go to therams.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. Next time we will be there, the defending Super Bowl champs will be as well. First, a trip to Indianapolis, week two against the Colts. Looking forward to it. Thank you again for being with us.